Hey family, welcome to the first episode of Sessions with Mars the Writer. And this is, of course, your boy, Mars, the actual writer. Anyway, um, before we jump into this interview, I want to talk about why I have a podcast. I believe that I am here to build community through music. And one of the main ways that I'm going to do it is to share and host conversations and interviews with artists and creatives in the music industry. I really feel like there are a lot of up and coming creators, as well as people that have been in the game who have, who may have um, encountered uh, plateau or or have been in a slump. And I believe that um, something as simple as a conversation, something as simple as an answered question will re-spark something um, or will give you the encouragement to keep moving forward. So I pray that you would enjoy this interview. And if you want to see more content like this, I'm going to do this twice a month, but I invite you onto my journey. So feel free to check out my Patreon patreon.com slash mars the writer again patreon.com slash mars the writer and as little as a dollar um, a month will keep this ship going i said the word ship i said ship there is a p it is synonymous with big boat i did not cuss anyway without further ado um here is our interview so the purpose of this man is number one i'm a fan and i i've been looking on the internet for interviews of you and um, I've been disappointed because, man, yeah. like, I don't think anybody's asked you about your influences. No one's asked you any questions about, like, your lyrics. Um, uh-huh. No one's really talked about your music video. I think one person touched on it. But, man, I really want to uh, dig in deep into whatever you feel like sharing. So cool. um, thanks yeah. again, man. Well, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah. Um... I've been kind of flying under the radar mostly, uh, just producing, writing, you know, staying uh, alive, staying in the scene. That's pretty much it. But it's it's nice to hear from someone who who's caught it, who's paid attention. So thank you, man. It's an honor for me too. Tell me about like who you are, your upbringing, and how you uh, went to start music in the first place. Yeah. Um, well, let's see, I grew up in Rhode Island. Uh, I was born in Providence, Rhode Island, grew up in a town called Barrington, okay. and uh, started music really young. I started playing violin at four, as my mom wanted like all of her kids to, to play instruments, so we started that pretty young. In fifth grade, I was able to, to pick up band instruments, so I chose trumpet, so that was kind of a big step nice. for me, and right around the same time, we got a this old stand-up piano. It was like old 1920s, like upright piano, it was really loud and uh but it was awesome because it was the first time i was able to like figure out that oh two notes together sound really cool what's what's all this and that's kind of when i got into music like when i actually got excited about it so yeah like a lot of jazz stuff because i was playing trumpet and band jazz band stuff like that and so i listened to a lot of miles davis herbie hancock like a lot of hard bop art blakey and the jazz messengers and that kind of stuff um, and then eventually got to the twentieth, like the twenty first century. You know, like I yeah. started getting there a little, um, a little late. But uh, but because I was going through all of the uh, you know initial stuff, jazz, and then the funk era, and then then rock, and then all of this other cool stuff, I picked up a lot on the way. So I think it was a good way to actually get get to it. And uh, yeah, I played in orchestra. I played violin in orchestra. Played trumpet in orchestra for a little while, like all state and. 
and those things. And it was like nice to be a part of a large group and see how the whole mm-hmm. mechanism worked from an internal perspective. And that's actually helped me a lot with arranging and all that yeah. kind of stuff too. So, and then I went to Berkeley, uh, Berkeley in Boston mm-hmm. and met a whole lot of other really talented dudes and ladies and, uh, started getting interested in songwriting and production. Mm-hmm. That's where that started. So I hadn't sung yet, really, until the end of college. And then that all kind of turned into a giant, you know, snowball of momentum and came out to L.A., started, I was in a band for a while. Uh, I met Dewan like, a couple years in. I yeah. met him at Berkeley. Yeah, I met him at Berkeley, actually, just quickly, briefly. And then when we were out here... He came to a he came by like this birthday party that I was having, mutual friends or whatever, and we started work, and we just like we're messing around. There's always like an instrument at a musician's birthday, yeah. so like there's always keyboards and you know lying around. So we were just playing, and then we exchanged numbers and we started writing together, and that turned into AOE, mm-hmm. which has turned into my own kind of like solo thing. So it's it's been it's been quite a an arc, a story arc, I guess. Yeah, man. So that's the broad overview for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude. So before you met Dewan, uh, did you do your covers like uh, Spotless Mind and all those other ones that you have on YouTube? Was that with Dewan or was that just yourself? That was, um, I had done those by myself, but that was after I met Dewan. Oh, wow. So he was a big influence for me production-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed me a lot about uh, sampling, even like creating your own music so that you can sample and chop it up later and turn it into a new piece of music, mm-hmm. which like for me, it would, had always been, I sit down, I write a song from start to finish. You produce it with that in mind. All of a sudden you take this technique, this idea that you can take that, turn it into a sample and then make new music over that blew my mind. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had learned that from him. He helped me with my drums. He helped me with, uh, like kind of specific things just in production. What people, what, what people are, the way that people listen to music in a way. I was so in it that it was hard sometimes to step back and hear it. So he was really good for that. And uh, yeah, I did Spotless Mind kind of as an experiment on my own to see if I could, you know, switch it up and do it my own way. Thank you so much. Uh, and then those, you know, the Beach Boys cover and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, like all those little pieces, I, I pretty much were solo efforts. Tell me about um, the song Raid, the song oh, that you... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that, man. That was actually something that Dewan uh, suggested I try to write a song to, uh, was the Mad Villain, uh, the loop right there. And I was like, man, this is it's so cool. And it was right around the time that... Um, the marathon, right? And my mom was in that race, actually. My mom was running the marathon. And I, you know, it's just part of the discussion. You know, like thinking about things in terms of... Uh, you know who's to blame and, and what, what's going on what's next and i just saw how many people were so willing to kind of cartoonize the whole situation which is a problem you yeah. know it's been a problem it continues to be a problem and so that was kind of a the idea behind that song was something that had like an energy to it a tempo and the idea that everybody's an enemy everyone's an enemy uh everywhere i look it's this kind of heightened anxiety yeah. And, you know, obviously it's kind of a, um, a, a, a ironic thing. Yeah. Not 
not everybody's an enemy, but that's the mindset that we get confronted with all the time. Yeah, that's good, man. Let's talk about Fly. I love the song, and I love uh, the music video that comes with it. I saw a lot of anime and a lot of um, a lot of animation. So, can you talk about Fly? And is that the precursor to I'm Right This Time? Yeah, way to pick that up, man. Um, Fly was this song, and I think it originated, it was like originally this idea that I was trying to work out for, like a Kelvin Klein ad. It was like with the strings and all the stuff. And I, it just like, it didn't work for the ad because it was like really lush and maybe a little overtly musical or something, which is yeah. kind of where I get anyway. But uh, I was like, man, I really love this. This gives me a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I built that track and it just, you know, it was it was pretty intuitive, like the lyrics about just being, basically being a kid, wanting to fly and yeah. like just, just exploring and going into these weird, some dark places and some, some really open places and all that kind of stuff. And I had always thought uh, a cool idea would be to take these classic clips from different... Um, genres of film all about flying yeah you know, it's pretty literal but put that in there there's an emotion to it all like the way that people have thought about flying and the way that they represent it in film i always think that there's like a joy and an excitement to it it's never just like oh hey we're flying it's mm-hmm. like we're flying yeah yeah so, yeah so like to to kind of juxtapose that with like this really like this groovy laid back thing like yeah this is just what i do is this exciting kind of vibe to me and yeah i put that video together like i just found clips uh through youtube and they haven't taken it down yet which is amazing and uh it probably took me a, like a long weekend like three days or something like that to put that together and i just liked the way that visuals cut with music and, and brought out a little more than if you were just listening to it so it gave me an idea to start experimenting with, with animation. What if I, what if I do this myself? What if yeah. I use my own content? And thus the long journey to make that happen. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, that was like a fun project for me. Nice. Can you tell me about another castle? Yeah, yeah. Similar idea. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was playing around with some sounds. I think I just kind of discovered like the. some setting on my keyboard that was like sound like 8-bit music and it just brought me back to a nostalgic place i was like man i really want to make a really musical piece like with the changes like the way that all those old video games had amazing music Mm -hmm. mario had an amazing soundtrack zelda had legend of zelda had amazing soundtrack and when you're like walking through the 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 boards and all that kind of stuff yeah 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 you're accompanied by this really dope sound and so i was like man that's what i want to do and i thought about Mario specifically and how much effort he puts in <laughs> yeah. to, to trying to find his princess like he, he puts in everything like I was just thinking about this little dude he just wants to find this princess yeah and she's like I'm in another castle yeah I'm in this other place sorry <laughs> it's so sad it's so funny but you know I was like man if this is like a real story so I kind of romanticized that a little bit and then I found some game gaming footage like this just playthrough online this this dude who was like flawless he played every single level and i just used that and cut that together uh to do that that was another you know three two two or three day little thing why are are visuals so important to you um with your music well they're kind of honestly 
they're kind of one and the same for me in my mind at least when i the way that i hear sound it's almost always it's never divorced from some kind of visual there's something there if i close my eyes i can see either a landscape or a shape or something turning or movement mm -hmm. Because I think music really does come from movement. I mean, it comes from bodies. It comes from dancing. It comes from nature. Something that's making it happen. Yeah. Uh, so I always think about that. And, um, yeah, I, I love to try to... It's harder to make visuals. So it's, I just can't always do it all the time. Because it just takes so much time. But that's like a passion. I, that's what I want to actually get into more, is uh, making visual accompaniments for the music. Almost like scoring visually to what's yeah. going on. Yeah. 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 Did you put out one or two music videos for Ether? I actually don't think we put out a video for Ether. We put out one for Homecoming for yeah, yeah. right this time. But we worked on one for Won't Get Away. Mm -hmm. And we had one that we were working on for Buried Alive. But by the time... Dang, bro. It would have been great. But like by the time it, it came around to it, we had signed our deal with Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Off the strength of the of the record, we wanted to promote the record. We wanted to do some visuals for it, but they were like, "Let's do a new thing," and so that kind of got swept under the rug a little bit. But it's something I still like to do. I I still like Ether a lot, and I think that there's more to pull out of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll just ask about my personal favorite songs if that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, dude. I want to talk about faith and anger. Um, I think that song was my first introduction to you. Um, I have a friend of mine who was like, dude, you gotta check this record out. And the first wow. track was Faith and Anger and it just blew me away. So um, tell, talk to me about like what your, how you created that song, what your influences are and what you were talking about. Wow, that's, a, that's interesting because that's probably one of the, the least noticed songs actually. Are um, you serious? But the people who have brought it up have have always been, in my mind at least, deep listeners. And so it's always been like such an, like a, I guess for lack of a better word, a blessing whenever somebody hears uh, comments about that song. I feel very touched by that because it was very personal to me. Mm -hmm. um, Faith and Anger, it, it was built on this musical piece that I did with strings, uh, like plucked violin and... Uh, some kind of cool percussive elements or something like that. And mm -hmm. I think I may have like reversed the entire waveform so that you're getting these kind of swells and cool stuff out of it. I was like, this sounds deep. Like it's all living up here somewhere. I want to hear what the ground, what the floor is going to be. And it's this big 808 sound. And to me, that was like those two, these two contrasting things. And it drew out this, this idea of having to believe and also being so angry at the same time like maintaining yeah. hope and faith in the world around you in life and also just being so frustrated yeah that was where that whole like you know the part i think the bridge part it's been a long time since i've even talked about this song or, or seen the lyrics but you know burning out all these beautiful people i'm thinking about these young people and this is before um you know this has really hit national news or anything that these young millennials are kind of like grouping together and, and becoming a voice. I was like, these, these kids are, they've only ever known it. 
they grew up with the internet and they grew up in a war uh, in a country always at war yeah like it would, this kind of suffocation that's happening like I just feel for these these kids and I'm like an older just like their older brother or whatever and so I felt a little protective actually of the, of younger generation and and people who are really going through it too you know that was it was before Black Lives Matter became a big thing but to me that was like the energy was there especially when I was like what Dewan and I were talking about and the people were, were talking yeah. about those conversations were happening you know so like it it became an urgent thing and I believe in the future but I'm angry about the present yeah and that's kind of what happened you know <laughs> so that's that song dude <laughs> what the crap bro <laughs> So good, man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Is there anything on that record that you want people to know that you've not been asked before, you haven't shared before? I don't I don't know. I, I always wanted that record to be something that people discovered. Mm. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy with any any questions or any non questions either. Um it's uh you know, it was a a piece from my heart and I put so much into it. You know, I always feel like the projects that I do, a part of me kind of dies with it. Not to be so morose, but like there's a piece of me that I truly take out of myself and put in it. And um, and it's just there now. It's out in the world now. Mm-hmm. And so if people hear it, great. And if they don't, that's okay too. You know, like there are ways to, to do that. But I never wanted to kind of like push it on anybody. Um, last question about Ether. Um, why is it called Ether? It's called Ether. Because there's this idea that creativity is drawn from the air, from nothing. And sometimes there's this idea that it's like, man, we almost have this idea. It's in the room somewhere. Yeah. It's, it's coming out of the, the, the space or whatever. And it's going to be, and we're going to find it. And we haven't found it yet, but we'll get it. <laughs> to me, that always felt like this celestial kind of gas, this ether. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was my first project, and that was very much my experience making it. And so, probably about three quarters of the way through making it, I was like, "This is that's what it feels like to me." And it was right around. I mean, Dewan and I were talking about Nas too. Like, uh, I forget the the line, "Burn slow, slow like ether" or whatever. And I was like, "Man, that just really connects with me." Mm-hmm. I'm going to call this album Ether. There's a double meaning too, because ether can always is also like a proclamation that this is dope. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is the fire, this is ether or whatever. So it was a little bit of like a, a projection as well. But it was an important one because I was discovering my uh, confidence at the time too. So yeah. that was part of it. Yeah. Tell me sure. about Dewan and tell me about you guys' collaboration and partnership. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dewan, also born in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Berkeley together, um, although I only knew him through other people so we hadn't really formally met like i said before we met out here at a, at a party uh when i first yeah when we first started writing it was like really effortless he understands music to such a degree that there was a lot of communication we didn't have to have you know about well let's try to do this over here we just kind of picked up the uh we knew the theory and we knew all of the old references and everything like that. He also loves a lot of the same music that I do too. Um, I'm coming from a different world than he is, and so we were able to kind of bring those two things together and work on stuff together. 
So it was actually really, really great um, for a long time. The way that it worked was, this was right at the tail end of Dewan working with Dr. Dre. Like, mm-hmm. probably he'd been in there, he did Lost Ones with Jay-Z, he did the whole Relapse record with, with M. Uh, That's so. And yeah, he'd been working on Dre's project forever and ever. And so we met, it was right on the tail end of that, so we met, I met Dre with him. Uh, like he had brought us in and we had just kind of seen that what that was he brought us to Detroit to write with Eminem actually just for a short little weekend which was awesome and kind of mind-blowing yeah and then from there we just kind of we kind of locked in and worked on Ether together and the I think what Dewan did for me was say look you can be an artist you can produce you can do all this stuff mm-hmm. on your own so he kind of encouraged me to do that actually a lot of the most of the stuff on the album is actually just my creation but we would sit down and we'd philosophize and we'd talk and we'd kind of break things down together and he'd he'd always be my sounding board for that project and for homecoming as well and yeah it was a growing period i mean he was a mentor in some way in some sense to me i think that was pretty much the relationship especially for ether ether was that that kind of thing it was a little different for homecoming because Mm -hmm. I was starting to get kind of more of my own ideas of what I wanted to do. So that changed the dynamic a little bit. Also, we became a group. We became mm-hmm. AOE. So yeah. he kind of became an artist, a co-artist with me, which never was the, the original idea. So that became a little, the chemistry changed, basically, as a result of that. And, and many other things, too. We pushed through, man. And we, we, made, we made something that I'm definitely proud of with Homecoming. Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah. tell me why um, why you picked AOE, and tell me why it stands for Ambassadors of Earth. That was uh, something that Duan and I started a long time ago, actually. So, like, right when we first met, we thought of what could our crew name be? You know, AOE, All or Everything, uh, uh, Art Over Entertainment, Ambassadors of Earth. So it kind of it was this vehicle for whatever would fit that. Um, Ambassadors of Earth has a subject in it, which is the ambassadors, which are people. And so it seems like the right fit for the for the group idea. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we just went with it. We we were playing around for a while with the idea of calling ourselves Ether, actually. But that didn't really, it didn't seem right because the project was Ether. So we had, to, we had to figure that one out. So, yeah, that, that was kind of that. And it felt like a cool, just like how a an album or a body of work is kind of a, a or a song is like a container for your, what you're feeling, what you're emoting at the moment, AOE, we thought, could be the container, could be the vehicle for our talents. That is a good segue to to Homecoming. So let's talk about I'm Right this time because, man, it's just, <laughs> dude, from like the freaking chord progression to um, the whole visual journey, I think I read that that took you, what, a year, a year and a half to do that whole visual? Yeah, not that I was doing it full time. Going back between music and, and kind of picking that up from week to week or something like that, it took me about that long. But it started as a as a, just an experiment. Uh, had it on my phone and showed Dewan and my manager Rex, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you have to finish this. How long is it going to take? A couple That's weeks." Hilarious. I'm like, "Yeah, right. This <laughs> is going to take me a year, I think." They're like, uh, okay. But I just kept pushing on, man. It was like one of those things that just kept calling. It was like, finish me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. working on me. I'm like, all right, all right, I will. The song, I was messing, I was just playing around with, um, like, tenths on a piano. 
you know, playing the major, just the root and the major third up, up an octave, and I was just going, kind of cycling through, oh, this kind of sounds cool, and found a little turnaround, and then just grooved out on that for a while, and then I heard this B section, I was like, where's it going to go now? It's going to kind of do the same thing, but it's going to go way over here, and then come back. Yeah. So I just thought of this kind of like wavy thing going back and forth, and it's like deceptively simple, actually, really. Yeah. You know, because I think that's always the goal is to make something, to make an idea that's like simple, but kind of like profound in its own little way. Yeah. I'm happy about that. I want to talk about the lyrics because when I saw, when I saw the video and kind of what I picked up on, um, it kind of broke my heart and, and I couldn't articulate why I really, I, I guess I picked up on like, number one, I really feel like you go through things. And you don't directly talk about it, but there's Easter yeah. eggs. So what yeah. the crap happened to where that song came out? It's a, you know, it's a tough nut to crack because it's so, there's so many wires crossed and it's so complicated. My, like, and yes, I do feel things really kind of intensely. I think I've always been a pretty like sensitive kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And turning into an adult is like, I could... It's like I could either just kind of be crazy and expect that people just understand that or or do my best to try to understand it myself and deal with it. And I think that's why it comes out in my work, because mm-hmm. it's how I can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, I mean, I thought that I, I mean, music to me, and being an artist, there's an element of service. Mm-hmm. You know, you're serving people, Uh and it's not just an experiment in my room. Like, I'm doing something because I want to connect with people. I really do. And for the longest time, I was so devoid of connection. Mm-hmm. I felt really isolated. Wow. And isolation is sometimes, it like, feels like a safe thing, but it can be really detrimental because you're not connecting with people. You lose uh, confidence. You, you don't know if the things that you know, you know at all. So yeah. it's like... What is it? What do I know? What's anything? And that was kind of right, the, I think, scraping the bottom of the barrel for me emotionally. I was like, God, I don't know anything. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't even feel anything anymore. I just feel dead. And, and um, I feel like I'm constantly being pulled and I'm constantly having to try to climb upwards. And, and there's all this weight on my shoulders for one thing or another. And there was this, this idea in my head that, like, no, I'm while I'm going through this and maybe I don't really believe it, the idea is I'm right this time. This time, I can do what I want. I can say what I want. You know, I can be who I am. And uh, that was my mantra, man. You know, that was like what got me through it. And that song helped me get through a lot. Do you feel like, or did you present Homecoming as a closing of a chapter? Yeah. In a weird way, the idea of Homecoming with the cover art was that I had felt like I had been out to space for a long time, out there searching for the cure for whatever heartbreak or feeling that I had. Yeah. Whatever I thought the world needed, it was out there somewhere. And, that, and I realized by being out there and being out of touch with people that the cure isn't out there. It's here. It's back on Earth. And so this idea of homecoming is coming in for a landing and that this ship is broken and it's crashing and it's on fire, coming in back to Earth in a almost violent kind of way. Yeah, this is my return to humanity, which does mark a new chapter. 
and that's really how my life has been since actually I've been meeting so many people and working with really talented folks and uh, just saying yes to a whole lot more stuff and it's been really great and trying to trying to include myself and plant seeds all that kind of stuff yeah you know and that's a joyful hustle like that's a hustle but it's really a happy one happy yeah. hustle yeah I love that. I've noticed over the last year, um, as you were promoting uh, this record, that you've been more active on social media and um, it was easier to, hey, this is what's happening. And like the, like seeing your live stream and seeing you guys sample that freaking Take Six song, that junk was life-giving, bro. Oh, man. Yeah, man, that's like 100% Dewan, man. That, he, he's so dope at that. Like, that's... That's a talent. He used to do that. We just hang out, and he would just mm -hmm. like sit there and and turn things around, turn things around. That's one of my favorite parts of working with him for sure. Mm -hmm. Social media it, it comes and goes in waves for me. Mm -hmm. I did start. I was like, okay, I'm going to put an effort into sharing. Mm -hmm. And then what's funny about that is that that opened the door for a whole lot of work to come in. So people, mm -hmm. even the people that I know and are in the industry. They're like, hey, you're working. I'm like, I've been working, but it's yeah. cool that you see it now. You know? Mm -hmm. um, so for the last couple of weeks or so, since I put out that record soon, it's been wall to wall. Like I've hardly had any time off. So that's why it's been quiet. One more about, about Homecoming. Can you tell me about Leaving L.A.? Perfect way to end a record, too. Mm, thank you. So, yeah, I mean, Leaving L.A., the, even the... I think the idea behind it was that part of my isolation, I felt like, was living in this city, which is so vast. Mm -hmm. It feels like space. Mm -hmm. I, you can lose track of time because the seasons don't really change, don't indicate what time of the year it is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, people are up at all hours. Uh, the only real time to be able to travel in the city is really late at night or early in the morning. Um, it's just a different, you know, it's a different world. And so I had this idea in my head that I'm leaving. I'm not actually going to leave LA physically, but the idea of I'm, I'm, I can't be in this mind, this headspace anymore. I'm going to be out of here. In a fun way, and for that is like groovy and dancey too, which is so much kind of, to me, is like an LA, like a, like a nod to what's happening in LA. Mm -hmm. um, and it's different, but it's it's got this thing that's like, my thought is like, if it was a bonfire, if it was like a party vibe or, or something that was happening, people are coming together yeah. <laughs> type of sound, but it was about me leaving. And I always try to find the way that things kind of cross each other that way. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was my emotion, my mixed emotion for that. It's the, it's the love-hate type of thing. Tell me about your new single that's out. That was something that I had worked on, I think, after Homecoming or during Homecoming or right around that time. And to me, that's the first song. That's like my first step out into the light. It's a dark song, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like I'm still in, in this cave. Uh, but the, the idea is that there's a hopefulness to it that I'm going to be stepping out. And uh, it's all going to happen soon. That's my thing. It's like, I'm here, but I'll be with you guys soon. Yeah. Here I come. That's this is pretty much as simple as that. <laughs> I love that, man. And I love the artwork. I love um, how you said before how you're stepping more into visuals I, I love the artwork man thank you so much i appreciate it it comes from the same place i think i feel like you have to be a you have to be secure in yourself and in your creativity 
to be open to collaborate with somebody. Um, can you unpack that? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, for me, the way that it manifested was when I was in a state of discovery, like learning, mm-hmm. it was hard for me to collaborate with people because I needed to get a sense of what I could do in my, my style of learning, how I would pick up. Collaboration in the past had always been kind of a tug of war. You know, you have this idea, I think I'm right over here. You know, I think this is the theory that behind my idea beats the theory behind your idea. Yeah. So it was this kind of a battle, making collaboration very difficult. What happened for me recently was that I've since felt pretty secure about what it is about music that I like um, and what I can contribute. And it's fairly broad, like it's an array of things from, you know, I have some classical chops, jazz chops, uh, rock, hip hop, um, you know, some like, you know, Brazilian stuff, you know, like all this kind of the span of music that I feel like I can bring to projects. And so when I work with an artist who might not have all of that influence or whatever, it's something I can bring to the table. And that's a really exciting proposition. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what we could do here? This might be an idea. And also, hearing the words no is fine. Like, if that's not what they want, it's not a personal dig on me. And I can, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's maturity uh, or confidence or combination that's great. It's like, yeah, let's find the thing that's in your heart. That's what I'm here to facilitate. Yeah. Try to get what you're feeling out there. And if I've done that, that's the happiest I'll be. Yeah. So yeah, it's great. It's like, I love also sharing with artists the idea of, no, let's keep working on it until it's what you want. Let's keep pushing it. Let's keep tweaking it. Let's keep changing it until it finally starts vibrating in that way that you love it love it and then you can be done with it once it's once it's what's in your heart you can go share it and no you don't have to have a disclaimer in the world you can say this is what i meant to do <laughs> yeah and then p- you, people can even hate it it's okay because it's still what you meant to do so yeah man it's uh it's like a privilege to be able to to work with people like that to collaborate truly and i've always really wanted that it's a true collaboration is like getting to know another human being better. Yeah. You know, it's a relationship and it's great to be in a business that allows you to have many deep relationships with people. It can be difficult. It can be hard because it's, you're, you're opening yourself to somebody and you know, you might miss them afterwards, you know, like something as simple as that, but it's part of it. Yeah. There's like all of these like super close and then, and then that's it. Yeah. For a while, maybe forever, maybe not, maybe, and it'll be great to see them again. It'll be great, and then it'll be that's it. <laughs> and like the more I'm open to feeling that, the more it's wonderful when we get together, and the harder it is to say goodbye, but the better the stuff comes out. Yeah. So I guess that's what I have. That's my job. I have to handle that, and that's okay. I can do that. That's that makes that enriches my life. You know. I love that so much. Um... <laughs> What is the biggest advice you would give to people that want to be where you're at or do what you do? I think my goals are it's a career. It's lifelong. So taking my time with it is is an option and it's okay. Um, there are some opportunities that you want to grab, but 
the sustaining answer is almost never an immediate solution. It's yeah. something that takes time. You keep building and you keep building and you say, okay, I'm going to see what data I can bring in over here. And where you're feeling confused and like there's unknown, whatever's unknown, start looking into that. Start looking into other disciplines too. Like take up, find the connections between music and sculpture or music and you know, economics even, like this stuff is all really deeply connected. And the more you find those connections, the more you can contribute, the more control you have over your craft, and it will sustain you. It just will. Like, honestly, there aren't enough people who really are willing to put in that kind of work. Right. And so if you just keep your head down and you hustle and you're you're open enough to uh, good things and you listen to the, you know, if there are some red flags, pay attention to that. Avoid disaster if you can. Uh, if you can't, it'll just drag you through the mud, and that's okay. You get up and wipe yourself off, keep going. But that's it. It's just persistence, you know. I feel like growing, I wasn't the best musician growing up. I wasn't the, the smartest person, but it's just about being really interested in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's maintaining focus. I guess that's pretty much it. <laughs> Treat yourself right eat well, like exercise, like all that stuff will help because I'm 35. And so my body now tells me when it's upset, which is something that oh, didn't dude. happen like, tw- you know, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I could just kind of ruin myself and be fine. But with creative people, if you're a creative person, if you're not being creative, if you're not being healthy, then chances are you're being destructive because creative people are very binary. It's like a hundred or nothing. Mm-hmm. And like most of the time you want to be a hundred uh, then do a hundred in a, in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> do something for yourself, for your life. Yeah. yeah I mean, don't let anybody tell you you can't either. Yes. Yes. What's the what's what's the most devastating note you've ever received? <laughs> oh man. I've never asked this question, by the way. <laughs> I know what it is. It's like this lukewarm reaction that I've gotten before, where people are like, "Nice." And that's it. That has, like, hurt more than anything. Because I don't even know what to do with that. I might as well, I feel like I'm just going to throw this away now. Like, it didn't pull something out of you. It didn't make you hate it, at least. So, yeah, a lukewarm reaction is the worst. The worst reaction. And sometimes I get that. I love that. I love that so much, man. (laughs) Dude, I had a blast. I really, really, really did. I hope you guys took notes. I hope you guys are encouraged and inspired. Uh, to take on a new discipline. I owe God push-ups since Thanksgiving of 2011. So that'll be discipline number one. (laughs) And economics will be discipline number two. But on a serious note, man, the sustaining answer is almost never an immediate solution. That really, really, really smacked me in the face. So I pray you guys had a great time. Again, thanks to Phil Boudreaux. Check out all of his music. His album, Ether, is out now. AOE Homecoming is out as well. You can find his new single soon on SoundCloud. Follow all his social media. He has a lot of behind-the-scenes drawings and different snippets on his Instagram. So please feel free to check those out. And man, if this interview, if this conversation touched or inspired you, feel free to reach out to him. Please don't be weird, but I, I think some encouragement will be will will go a long way. So um, you guys have an amazing day. Until next time, 
I will see y'all. And don't forget, if you want to see more content, hear more content, or want to be a part of my journey, feel free to join me on patreon.com slash Mars the Writer. I love you guys. Have a good one.